how true is that? Such a true statement. There is none like him. Pretty simple thing to say, but quite profound. There is none like him. The world would want people to believe that there are many gods, many faiths, many religions. Christians get a fair bit of flack for being quite exclusive. It's a bit hard to not be exclusive if it's true. There's only one God, God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. The Old Testament describes him as. He reveals himself to Moses as I am who I am. Yahweh is the Hebrew rendition of that without any vowels in it. In that sense, the way it's spelt, we, we vowel it up so we know how to say it. Some scholars don't know <clears throat> and don't agree on actually how to pronounce it. And uh, because the deal in Hebrew mind was it was not even appropriate for us to utter his name. He's so holy. Interesting, he was happy, however, to name himself to Moses. Kind of gives you an insight into God's desire for us to be with us, to commune with us, to walk with us. Let me pray as we come around the word this morning. Heavenly Father, I pray that not one of us in this place today would buy into the lie that I deserve to be lonely, buy into the deception that I'm going through whatever I'm going through in life by myself. I pray every one of us, Lord, would realise afresh that we can call on the name of the Lord. Your word promises that you will hear us you will save us you'll be with us you'll walk with us so open our ears today Lord and more importantly probably open our mouths that we call on your name in every circumstance in Jesus name Amen God bless you, you may be seated got about 20 minutes to rip it up so to speak thanks team Give them a hand, they always do a fantastic job of ploughing up the paddock. That's kind of what worship is, it's kind of God's plough, just to soften up our hearts, change our focus, amongst other things. And obviously, um, he deserves our praise and worship, so that goes without saying. I'm really glad this month that uh, you've... Um, here with us coming and going a bit, had a number of voices speaking to you around our theme of a shift in finances. Um, anything to do with that realm in our lives is always wise to consult and speak to people who have got different experience than us and to learn from what they know and to glean some other things from what other people know. So I'm grateful to our preachers during the month who've come with their perspective of what God's put in their heart to share with you and so I want to wrap up this series of a shift in the finances this morning uh, before we come to our build to reach next week which is obviously in July and uh, we'll talk about that that next week um, so I want to talk strange enough very indirectly about finance this morning uh, and focus on what it might reflect as in our financial world what it actually says about us 
what it actually might mean about some heart issues. Now, I'm not going to spell out those things specifically, but I have been praying that something that I say this morning will cause you to reflect on where you sit in this scenario. And finances is one dimension of it. First thing I want to say to you is having a lot of money or material wealth doesn't mean you're prosperous. Let me say it again. Having a lot of money or material wealth, being considered wealthy as the world sees wealth, doesn't mean that we're prosperous. Don't get me wrong. We all need money. It's the way the world works. You can try living without it. It's very difficult. Um, I don't choose to live without it. I actually embrace it as a means to an end, however. The book of Ecclesiastes doesn't mince words about it. It says, a feast is made for laughter. This is in Ecclesiastes 10 verse 19. Wine makes life merry and money is the answer for everything. That's in the Bible. Bit of a strange little sentence, isn't it? It's like, well, hang on a minute. And money is the answer for everything. Now, clearly, um, if Solomon wrote the book of Ecclesiastes, he was a pretty wealthy dude. Uh, he realised what money did. But I think my comment would be people who haven't got any money equally know what money does. And it does do things. Um, it's meant to serve us. We're not meant to serve it. Many people spend their whole life serving money. That's not being prosperous. Prosperity is not about wealth, financially only, at all. So, in fact, there are plenty of people with not much material wealth who are prosperous and plenty who are materially wealthy who are not prosperous. Spending time in Fiji a few weeks ago on the house build is always one of the uh, weeks in my life where I get to appreciate that people who don't have a lot are prosperous. They have beautiful families. They have incredible kids. They have phenomenal sense of community. They are rich in relationships. They're rich in their cultural values and their community. And I've got to say to you that when God says, and you look up the word prosperous or prosperity and search that in a Bible app, you'll find that word is laced through the Old Testament. God's desire, don't get me wrong, God's desire is for you and me to be prosperous. But that does not mean his desire for us is to be rich with money. It doesn't, and I don't mean if you are, that that's a problem, but don't misread it that oh, God's, God's going to bless me with a whole bunch of material wealth. No, he wants you to prosper. He wants you to have a sense of worth and a sense of well-being that money can't buy. One of the most disturbing things, I've shared this already for us in our recent trip to the, on holidays in America, was the sickening contrast between the rich and the poor in Los Angeles. It made me, it brought tears to my eyes and made me cranky, actually. And uh, you know, driving around, we did a tour around the city and um, going past all these really ritzy places and this hotel and that hotel and this hotel, so-and-so committed suicide in that hotel and this person took their life in that hotel and this person took their... These are people with money. These are people with fame. These are people with wealth, but they're bankrupt. They're not prosperous. Prosperous person doesn't take their own life. God wants us to be prosperous. If we know people who are feeling lonely and depressed and in dark places, we need to pray for them to get prosperous. Prospering. 
not to get more money. That doesn't fix, that doesn't fix a person's broken heart. That doesn't fix anything necessarily of value. It can, but it's not the answer. The answer is for you and I to prosper on the inside. God wants me to prosper. I want you to say that because I think some of us don't believe that. Some of us think and have been brought up, and Pastor Phil says this very eloquently many, many times in my hearing, there is a Christian perspective that's presented that it's more pious to be poor than it is to be rich. Now that can be applied in, and I would want to say to you, I'm talking about prosperity, not to be rich with finance. Nothing wrong with that. But that's certainly not the only deal. Prosperity is such a big issue, and I want to say to you, God wants me to prosper. He wants you to prosper. So I want you to say it, uh, if you're willing to say it. God wants me to prosper. Okay, it's like, um, don't doubt that, but don't hitch your wagon to that statement and saying, therefore I'm going to be wealthy with finance or material. They may coincide, and for some people they do, but it may not. What I love about that is that the gospel, the kingdom of God, is no respecter of people. A person living in squalor in a third world country with nothing but dirt under their feet, dirt under their fingernails, can be prosperous, can be filled with joy, can be incredibly grateful for the next meal. They're grateful that their children don't die in childbirth or of some other preventable disease. They are prosperous even though they got nothing. That is an ironic thing to say, but I want to say to you that is the nature of prosperity. It is an incredible dimension of wealth that rests in the natural realm, physical realm, and it, it rests in the uh, emotional, mental realm, in the relational realm that we find ourselves living in. Deuteronomy 5.33 says this, Walk in obedience to all that the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live and prosper and prolong your days in the land that you will possess. God wants us to prosper. Don't be mistaken about that and don't feel bad about being prosperous. Some people are embarrassed by their prosperity. And sometimes I think um, it would be fair to say, in again, regarding finance, that can be cut. absolutely true. There's places that I've gone, I wouldn't consider myself compared to other people in Australia as a really rich financially person. But I've got to tell you, you step off a plane into a place where people have nothing and I'm ashamed of just how much wealth is actually directed towards me and how much wealth is in our country that people in other parts of the world and even people within our own country don't experience. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to go into places like the Czech Republic, even though it's a European country. Um, it's embarrassing to talk about what we get paid here, what our wages are. To somebody in, like speaking to Radic in the C3 Church in Trebich, it's like what he gets paid, he pays pretty much the same as us for things like fuel and electricity and food, but gets paid maybe a quarter or a fifth of what I get paid. It's like, it's embarrassing. Honestly, I don't mean that in a condescending way or it's just like, I feel really uncomfortable about, but then I get home here and it's like, well, that's kind of what I need to survive, more or less. It's like, um, 
What am I trying to say? Don't be afraid to prosper on the one hand. But don't let it become a point of glee or a point of, uh, let me say this, another thing that some of us foolishly think is that being wealthy or prospering proves that God's happy with me. That's not true either. Because there are people who are wealthy that are maybe not prospering, but there are prosperous people who foolishly make the the mistake of thinking, well, God's happy with me even though I'm not paying my taxes. Well, maybe I'm brutal with my staff. Maybe I underpay or maybe I'm a bit shifty with something else financially, but that's the way that I've got ahead. And no one knows but me, but God does. And I'm actually not prospering because on the inside, there's something broken. God wants me to prosper. Say, God wants me to prosper. That means across the board, in your life and mine, he wants everything to be abundant. Hmm, maybe. You'll again obey the Lord and follow all his commands I'm giving you today. This is in Deuteronomy 30. Then the Lord your God will make you most prosperous in all the work of your hands and in the fruit of your womb, the young of your livestock and the crops of your land. The Lord will again delight in you and make you prosperous just as he delighted in your ancestors. If you obey the Lord your God, keep his commands and decrees that are written in this book of the law and turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Listen, prosperity is about one thing. Closeness to God. Let me say that again. Prosperity is about one thing. Closeness to God. Adam and Eve were prosperous in the Garden of Eden before they sinned. Why? Because they were close to God. You can have no material wealth, live anywhere on the planet, and I'm telling you, if you're close to God, you're a prosperous person. The life of the kingdom of God will flow out of you. People around you will be warmed, they'll be joy-filled, they'll be healed. Um, Watching someone like Pastor Solo in C3 Nandy Gateway, we built Taylor and Solo's house, one of the first houses we built as a church in Solovi. And Pastor Solo and Pastor uh, Taylor really have got nothing. Like financially, you'd go, they got nothing. Very, very, very minimal means. We built them a house, they moved into Solovi. And in no time, they're just sharing Jesus with. Hindu families, Muslim families, unsafe Fijian families. They invite kids down to a kids club, sit on the little back veranda we built. It's only about this wide, the length of the house. And we saw pictures of this kids club meeting out there. They're praying for them to get saved. They're praying for them to get healed. There are miracles going on. Pastor Silo is a prosperous man. You looked at his bank account. He probably hasn't got one, actually. Um, he, he would not be a wealthy man with money, but he's a wealthy man with God. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I reckon that's what matters. Yeah. That's what I'm saying when I'm saying, I want you to say, I'm a prosperous person. When people get around you or me, they ought to start feeling something good rubbing off. What's the vibe around here? The vibe's awesome. What's the vibe like in your house? What's the vibe like where you live? Not here on Sunday morning, but where, where you live. If people visit at your home, what's the vibe is the vibe 
man, you guys are prosperous. It's not, oh, look at that, 85-inch television. Oh, that sound system. Oh, the three Porsches in the garage. It's like, that can be, there's nothing wrong with any of that. Absolutely, there's nothing wrong with that. But all that stuff can be accompanied by, but there's no vibe here. There's no life here. There's no joy here. Come away from a meal there and it's like, wow, that was pretty vacuous. Impressive, yeah. Impressive stuff. But are those people really prospering? I want to help people who have and who do not have, in the material sense, to prosper. So life's good. Come on, isn't it? Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3, says this, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, or sits in the seat of the scornful. Interesting, those, those three activities are all about our working life, what we do while we're awake, what we do while we're actually not resting. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, And in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. I love the fact that this scripture paints a picture of choices that we can make that will lead to us being a prosperous person. We can choose to not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. There's so much garbage floating around in our community portraying and, uh, to be information about how to do life well. Listen, the guide to life is in here. The guide to life is in here with him. The guide to life is in here with you. We matter. When we're in Christ and we're together, remember that scripture I preached quite a few weeks or months ago? I don't remember what it was, 1 John 1 verse 7. We walk in the light as he is in the light. We have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. That's prosperity. A prosperous person is a non-guilty person. A prosperous person is a person that's got no shame. I don't mean they're they're shameless, I mean they're not debilitated by shame. Shame has been lifted off by the grace of God. That's being a prosperous person. It's sitting here with a clear conscience. Prosperous. I'm feeling okay. Don't have a whole lot, but I'm feeling good. Or maybe I have got a whole lot and I'm still feeling okay. Or maybe I've got a lot and I'm meant to be giving it away. I'm still feeling okay. I'm fighting God with it. Like prosperity is about choices. I want to say that again. Prosperity is about choices. It's choices to receive what God wants us to have and it's choices to give what God wants us to give. Prosperity is not right, is not, sorry, so the second point, prosperity, moving on, is not a right, nor is it earned. Strangers should say that, given that most of us earn our income by working, but that's not how we become prosperous. That's how we get money for most of us. We work for it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I would say to you it's a fruit of connection with God. Let me say that again. So I really stuffed up reading my sentence. Prosperity is not a right, nor is it earned. 
It's a fruit of connection to God. Therefore, it's something that grows that God causes to grow in our life. We, we can't go out to a field out at Monado and go and pick prosperity because it's growing on the ground out there. We've actually got to get connected to God and let him grow it in us. Prosperity is something that's, that sits in your heart as a gift from God. You can work really hard to make a lot of money and be morally bankrupt. You, you can do all sorts of things, get involved in all sorts of schemes to get rich quick and find it's a flipping disaster. That usually is the case. But it, it, if, if it worked for whatever reason, a bunch of people got caught up in the Bitcoin frenzy that was going on six months, 12 months ago. It was like, oh my gosh, it was like, yep, that's going to make me rich. The question is, does it make you prosperous? I don't think it always does. And again, I want to say these things don't have to be separated, but it's important, I think, that we don't think they're always the same thing. Material wealth and prosperity are connected. There's no doubt about that. But there's a lot of dimensions which they are completely not connected. They're separated because it's about God, in my view. Um, I love Proverbs 3. Um, if you're looking for some sermon notes to take today, this is four keys to living with ongoing prosperity coming up right now from Proverbs chapter 3. Four keys, Proverbs 3, got the right number of fingers up just if you're watching. Okay, it's good. Proverbs 3, whoops, wrong fingers, four keys. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart. Where? Heart. For they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Okay, so what's he going to unload here? He's got four things he wants to say to us. Verse three, first line. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. You want to be a prosperous person with a peaceful countenance? Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Faithfulness is an interesting word. Faithfulness is about keeping a word. Faithfulness is about keeping promises. Faithfulness is about sticking around when you don't want to stick around. Faithfulness is about believing in the, in the benefit of others. Faithfulness is what makes relationship work. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. There's a whole lot said under that in the next few lines about that. Second point is verse five. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. These are keys. Number one, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Number two, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Number three, verse seven, do not be wise in your own eyes. Four keys for prosperity. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Kath and Kim, look at me, 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 look at me. No, don't look at me. I'm not talking about false humility. We're talking about being a humble person. Do not be wise in your own eyes. That's a challenge for some of us. Verse 9 is the fourth one. Honour the Lord with your wealth. So there's a whole lot of information in between those statements but they stood out to me as I prepared this message and I thought they're four keys. If I could get those four things, just four things managed well in my life, I'm going to believe this scripture to say I'm going to find peace and prosperity will never leave me. That's pretty cool. They've got nothing, there's nothing in there about um, me getting a job that pays well or going to my boss and asking for a pay rise. Again, nothing wrong with either of those things. But if I'm going to shift my finances 
I'm wondering whether my finances are a subsequence to prosperity. If I'm going after money, I may not be finding prosperity. But if I go after prosperity, I might find money, but I'll find other things that become of more value to me than it. Let me run back through them again. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Do not be wise in your own eyes and honour the Lord with your wealth. So my third point, that was four little points inside point two, okay? This is just in case if you're writing notes, you're going to have trouble with me this morning. So my first point, going back to the very start of my message, okay, reiterating, having a lot of money and material wealth doesn't mean you are prosperous. Number two was prosperity is not a right, nor is it earned. It is a fruit of connection to God. And under that one, there's these four little keys that you can write away from um, Proverbs chapter three. And my last point this morning is the key to a shift in our financial world is a shift in our attention to a closer walk with God, the fruit of which is prosperity. I probably already said it in some respects. 3 John 1, 2 says this, Beloved, that's you and me. What an awesome thing to say to somebody, Beloved. Like a pastor talking to the church, a disciple, apostle of Jesus talking to us, Beloved. That's a pretty cool thing to be called. It's like you're loved. You're loved by God, loved by each other. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. Prosperity is something rich and deep that dwells inside us. It's not something that lives outside of us that we can count. It's something that lives inside of us that we can't count. It's kind of limitless, potentially. So let me wrap up. God wants us to be prosperous in everything. Finance is just one of them, but may not be the main game for me or you ever. If it is, I've got no problem with that. Seems to me God builds his kingdom and arranges things according to his will and purpose, and there are people who are wealthy materially and who are prosperous. But at the same time, there are those the exact opposite way around. That's a conundrum. But it's not a place to judge It's just a place to long for prosperity. My longing is the Fijians that we know will continue to flourish with prosperity. Do they need more help financially? Of course they do. Is there something we can do about that? My goodness, there is. That's what our Build to Reach does. We also build houses over there. This year's house project for the materials alone cost us about, was it, 8,500 Australian dollars? We add up the trip, airfares, accommodation that we fund ourselves. Um, we spend about $35,000 on that trip. So a house costs us about thirty-five grand to build, very basic in Fiji. Um, and we've done that seven times, right? So we've spent about $200,000 over there. Unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. We've done that. Yeah. Our church. We've invested and the Fijians are very, very grateful. Don't miss him. They are really grateful and really mindful that we have sown into their world and there's a legacy um, being developed, a heritage that will be a legacy going on into the future, well long after I've long gone and others here have long gone. That'll be C3 Church, Adelaide Hills, sowed seed in this country and the kingdom of God has still prospered in Fiji. Same in Czech Republic with, Czech, with C3 Trebech, the same in Stara Zagora with um, Lubo and Tenya. Um, probably that's not a financial investment with regards to something practical on the ground, but 
the leadership that's been um, a gypsy community, we've supported, yes. Um, it's just a different way of achieving the same outcome. What yeah. do we want? I want people to prosper. Yeah. I want you to prosper. Yeah. I want you to be the most prosperous person you can become. Um, and I don't care whether you are materially wealthy or poor. At the, out, at, sorry, at the end of that, in as much as, as long as you're doing exactly what God wants you to do with what God's given you to do it with, that would be a good outcome. So, um, don't go after money, go after him. Don't measure your worth or wealth by counting dollars, count all your blessings. Let me say that again, don't measure your worth or wealth by counting the number of dollars you've got, count all your blessings. Have I got great friends? Yes. Am I married to the most amazing person in the world if you're married? Yes, I am. It's like, don't go, oh, well, I'm thinking about it. It's like, um, don't fool yourself in the area of giving to God. He is the key to your prosperity. Honour him with your wealth is the go. It's a deception to say they're not connected. Giving and being prosperous are so closely connected it's ridiculous. If you're a tight-fisted person... If you don't like giving, if you don't like someone like me talking at the front of church about giving, I've got to tell you, the road to prosperity could be a little bit hard to see. Giving switches that runway lighting on. And last thing, prioritise his house and he'll take care of yours. How do I know that? Well, if you want to have a little bit of a Bible study at home, read Haggai chapter 1, where um, Haggai, the prophet, is warning the people of Israel This is what the Lord Almighty says in verse 5. Give careful thought to your ways. And that's repeated in verse 7. Whenever the Bible has a phrase like that's repeated within a few chapters, a few verses of a chapter, there's a fair chance what's being said is seriously important. Give thought to your ways. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Um, You have planted much but harvested little. You eat but have never have enough. You drink but never have your fill. You put on clothes but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. Go up in the mountains, bring down timber and build my house so that may they take pleasure in it and be honoured. You expected much but see, I turned it out to be little. Who turned it out to be little? God. You can work your little tail off. But if priorities with what you've got uh, me first, God second, you'll always be chasing your tail. And the, um, what you brought home, I blew away. God even asks himself the own question so he can answer it and says, why? Because of my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with your own house. There's a little snippet of insight here about the priority. The road to prosperity is connected to our connection with God and our connection to God is connected to our priority to build his kingdom first. Matthew 6.33 says it differently. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. Why don't you stand to our feet this morning? Let me invite you just to close your eyes. I'm going to talk for a few moments to close the meeting. I'm going to pray about what I just preached about, that that will settle on our hearts. But I'm also going to talk about giving our heart to Christ. Talked a lot about being right with God today and walking with him. That requires us to come to him 
either believing for the first time or come back to him if we've been off wandering on tangents that we've walked into and onto by mistake or intentionally. In that part where you respond to an invitation to receive Christ for the first time or come back to him, I'm going to ask you to slip your hand up so I can see you and pray with you. And We've got some really neat people here in our church who love to look after people who make commitments to Christ. But just get alongside them and encouraging them and praying with them. And those people are just part of our congregation. And uh, when I say close your eyes, they actually keep their eyes open because they're watching to see who might put their hand up so they can come and speak to you afterwards. They're just so keen for you to find Jesus and to get established in discipleship. And we've picked and they volunteered just the nicest people to come and speak to you. So um, if someone comes and taps you on the shoulder and you know you put your hand up, just be confident that those guys have just come because they are so keen to help you on your way with Jesus. Anyway, I digress. Let me pray about the message. Heavenly Father, I pray today that in our heart of hearts, every one of us would embark upon a fresh decision to pursue prosperity through pursuing you. We get our eyes off of money as an end and really see it as a means to another end. Lord, we come to you as a first priority with what we have. Lord, that we open up our hearts and our lives to you afresh today. And we just so look forward to next week's Build to Reach. Lord, where we will come to you and we will give to you seed that you will grow with changed lives near and far in Jesus' mighty name. Now I'm talking to you, as I said before, if you've never invited Christ into your life, If you want to be a prosperous person, inviting him in is the key to become a Christ follower, a Christian. If you've never prayed a prayer to invite Christ into your life, you can do that right now. I'm going to lead you in a prayer in a moment. Or you might be here in church this morning. Maybe you've just felt convicted during this message that I'm actually, I'm morally bankrupt. I'm emotionally bankrupt. I'm empty. I've got nothing on the inside. Maybe Jesus used to be close, but he's a long way off. Why don't you come back to him? Why don't you just stop right where you are, right here, right now, and say, that's enough's enough. I'm not going another step down that track. I'm deciding to turn back to you today, Jesus. I'm going to repent, and I'm going to receive forgiveness. If you've turned away from God, and you used to be close to him, and you know I'm talking to you right now, I'd love you to slip your hand up and say, that's me. Or if you've never invited Christ into your life and something I've said this morning has spurred you to the point where you go, that's me, I'm going to slip my hand up and I'm going to receive Jesus today. Can I ask you right now, in either of those scenarios, slip it up, slip a hand up so I can see it and we will pray a prayer together that will invite Christ to come and establish his throne in your heart for the very first time or again if that's your journey thus far. Anyone at all before we finish the meeting this morning? Father God, we thank you. Well, Lord, I pray you bless us as we head out into the week. We thank you, Father, for your goodness. We look forward to being here at 10 o'clock next Sunday for our Build to Reach service. Lord, I pray that you'd also stir us up to come along to 
encounter service tonight at five. Lord, we just want to get more of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Go and enjoy a great coffee. Front of the church is open for prayer as always. If you have some specific needs that you'd love prayer for, please come down and one of the team will pray with you um, and help you. God bless.